Life's busy. Take this deck. There's heaps to do on it. Like, um, polishing off this wine. That's tough. Life's pretty good with a Trex deck. Composite decking with no hard maintenance. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist can save you thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au Right around Western Australia on SEN, it's Scotty and Goss for breakfast with Scott Cummings and Tim Gossage. Six a glorious day. The sun up was sensational coming up over the east. And we're in the fleet network. Two hours window right here. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. You can save your thousands on your dream car. Fleetnetwork.com.au. Thanks to Frank Agostino and the team out there. The Toolkit Depot studio is looking resplendent with the man sitting opposite me who straight after this show will be doing a full day's work, then getting on the red eye and going across to create mischief for mm. about eight days over there. The best week of the Australian sporting calendar. Good morning. Good morning, mate. Uh, morning, everyone. I think it is. I, I really think it is. I, I, I think in the last few days, is there a better week in to be in Melbourne than uh, the Melbourne Cup week? And grand final week's pretty good. It's a it's a great way to be there. Grand Prix's a great time to be there. But I just I really think Melbourne Cup week's uh, one of the best. I'm yes. looking forward to it, except for geez, that weather sucks. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's been horrible, hasn't it? It washed the cricket out, which was great about news they, for Australia. Yeah, good. That was a uh, little blessing last night, that's for sure. No worries about it. But they're predicting between, you know, different reports, but 13 to 15 mm. on Cup Day. Mm. So I said to Namesy, I said, any chance, any chance, knowing the answer full well, have you got anything warm to wear on Cup Day? She's gone, no. She had legs out, top person. Yeah, well, she's got very good pins. Oh, has she? Yeah. Well, <laughs> what about you? Well, I'm... You going the I shorts? should be a legs out, man. man. I, Are you, you know, going I, the shorts? I, I shouldn't hide these things from uh, the public, but no, I can't. Mate, you're going to wear a suit. So which means that um, I'm going to be freezing because... Because um, have you got a suit? Yeah, I haven't worn one since I've been back. I used to wear oh, a suit every is, day. This could be nah, <laughs> no, it's not the chair. one I had my SEN photos with. No, no, I've got yeah, no, it's all good. And I've been. Are yeah. you sure it's good? And I've been, nah, uh, been shredding, <laughs> been shredding. Yeah. So, but anyway, I'm going to be cold because um, I've got no doubt at all. Well, no, she'll be wearing my jacket most of the day. Yeah, so. and uh, at the end of the day, you'll be carrying her shoes and she'll have the drowned clown. She'll be crying. The mascara will be running down nah. many a time walking out of a Melbourne Cup after the day and you walk nah, past the birdcage and the young ladies of Happy drunk. She's <laughs> had enough. She gets to walk next to me. Hey, Damien Oliver, not far away. Um, now, we are, we, just so you know, we recorded Damien Oliver about an hour ago because of his schedule mm. um, and he's delivered some horror news. Yeah, I... Gutting news. I'm shattered for him. I think I'm more shattered than he is, but very, very disappointing that um, his horse won't be racing. Durston is out of the Melbourne Cup. In the Melbourne Cup. Cup. It hasn't passed a vet check. There's, uh, they do a scan on all the horses. Yeah, but, and, and this is the thing because they, they, we, we, we try to explain this to listeners. I can't believe this news. That the horses, geez, they get looked after. And as Simon Miller said to us before too, the horses, you know, he looks after them better than people. <laughs> he, I can't believe um, this news. But Ollie, yeah, he's um, so I've got some bad news, boys. And um, my horse has been scratched, hasn't passed the vet check, so there'll be no D Oliver in the Melbourne Cup this year unless something bizarre happens and a trainer wants to pump their jockey and put Ollie on. No doubt. So we are going to... Um, um 
Thursday. When you ready, mate? Simon Miller. Well, because Simon Miller's just sent me a message, and he wants to say that he has some fashion tips for you. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on, the same one that came in here in his stubbies and his yeah, but that's work and his R.M. Williams and yeah. and. Um, so look, the rule of thumb, just so everyone wants to know, the Simon Miller code of blue singlet. Code of dress code for Simon Miller on race day has been something that has created a lot of angst amongst the community and in particular in my <laughs> mind and heart. Well, he doesn't try? Well, he, he's got it wrong. <laughs> and I'm working with him to improve because Hang when on, you're, you're the, working with him. Well, How wrong has he got it? I'm the I'm the fashion guru. Um, no, no, King. no, no, mate. When it comes to fashion, mm-hmm. don't worry about my everyday wear like this stuff. Like I'm wearing my Fleet Network shirt right yeah. now because I'm an ambassador. Yeah. But when I say a suit is a suit, now you can wear suit pant and an open neck shirt every day of the week. Sure. But you can't wear a suit pant, a business shirt, and a tie, no jacket. You just can't. It's no, just, no. It just. I don't care how hot it is. I don't care where you are. You now. So the bottom line is Miller was going with the suit pant. Yes, the pants. The crisp, I love that. The crisp shirt. Pants are you going to don? And the tie, which we do have to work on a few colour coding ties yeah, for him, sure. right? Got to go power tie, colours. Um, yeah, ties are dead. Unless you work in government or um, you're going to a wedding or a funeral. The ties pocket square is in. Oh, absolutely. And But I wore a pocket square at the Wildcats launch and the pocket square was too high. Yeah, oh, no, it was. Like, we tried to tell you. It's like a bunch of flowers. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, it's, we tried to tell you, your pocket square shouldn't tickle your chin. I did not put the pocket square in. That was Lucy from the Wildcats. And I said, push it down. She goes, no, no, that looks good. Anyway. It was it was, like, it was covering your mouth. It was, it was muffling the words you were saying. <laughs> it was a mask. Right, back to Miller. Yeah. Because we've spent far too long on this, right? So, so Miller has to wear the crisp... White shirt with the pant, yes. the suit pant, yeah. and the tie. Yeah, correct. But you can't, if you're a premier horse trainer after a big race win. Could have a jacket on. Correct. But he doesn't think wearing the jacket, the pant, the crisp white shirt, and, and the tie, the tie yeah. is his shtick. So then I said to him, on a nice summer's day at the races, when it's not Perth Cup Day or Derby Day or a Pinnacles Day, you can go open neck crisp shirt, the pant, and the matching jacket. Yeah, sure. So so no tie. Yeah. So after Amelia's dual one, I was incredibly proud of the crisp shirt, the beautiful pant, and the matching jacket. Yeah, good work. And he didn't have the tie, and I like But the only addition will be a nice tie, tied properly, correct knot to the top. And this is where we have to have a sit-down lesson with him about tying the correct double Windsor because mm-hmm. you don't have a single knotter and it has to touch the belt. Yes. You can't, you can't have shirts. No, no, it's touch the belt. can't have shirt I'm not sure showing I, between I, I top of pant yeah. and tie. No, 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 correct. Um, I can't go the double Windsor knot, though. Easy. Well, it's not a tie long enough. Well, yeah, well, correct. To go it's around difficult. my neck. Do a double knotter and then touch my belt. There's <laughs> <laughs> just not one made. Right, so, single knotter. So, anyway, so I'm working on Simon Miller. So, anyway, that's your dress code. So, I'm oh, going to make sure. No, down. Will, will you go the tie over at uh, Melbourne Cup? Oh, absolutely. I have to. It's the dress code. How many ties would one Scott Cummings own in his tie? Uh, um, I just had a bit of a cull. I don't know. Um, over the, oh, probably 15. When I was at Channel 10. Probably. When I have a look at my wardrobe now, maybe six, because you just don't wear them. 
I had in excess of 170 tyres. There's no need for that. You just, 170. You just, you just you got on the news. I, no. You wear a blue tie. No, you, know what? Let no, me just you don't. This, you well, colour-coded with the well, female newsreader because they're more important. Well, this is the this is the thing. This is the, the horrible thing for girls. <laughs> Thank you. And I'm not going <laughs> to just try to just talk over that. But anyway... Um, Get, like for some reason, everyone notices what the girls wear. And oh, mate, that. tell me about but it. But you could wear, and who did this? Carl Stefanovic did this for a year, didn't he? Wore a jacket for the same jacket for same a year, same suit for a year, and no one noticed a thing. Nah. So any, you could, you, Correct. you were on the news for a long, long, long Correct. time. I couldn't tell you if you were wearing a different tie from one day to the next. No one notices it. Good stuff. All righty. So anyway. we've just wasted fair income, about 10 minutes on Simon Miller and your dress code. Uh, what I will say, this Damien Oliver is just around the corner. We're going to go to Ollie early to get that in. Of course, we've still got Eddie Maguire, who we have, he's been on hold for 24 hours. Yeah, he's, um, he's not happy. And Bada Sundarason, who was over here for the cricket, SEN commentator, went back. He left his – so do you know the story? Bada went over from <laughs> – came from Melbourne to Perth, and yes. they left his bags in Melbourne. Oh. Because Pakistan had to get their cricket gear on the plane. Yes. So they had to leave bags behind, and his was one of the bags. He's gone back to Melbourne, and guess what's happened? His bags arrived here. His bags have been left here, and he's gone to Melbourne. And they ha- So, again, he's, and he said, what, what is the way around this? And I just said, don't travel. <laughs> and right now, if you're on a plane with a, a cricket team, do not travel because oh. they get priority. Hey, what time are they, uh, the players out? Uh, they'll tonight. be on a red eye straight after the game. <clears throat> Well, all right then. Well, let me just tell you, flight attendants, get ready for a couple of people trying to jam their full suitcases into the overhead locker this tonight. All right, we've got a lot to get through. I'm just going to dissect this because we do need to get to Ollie. We're here for Fleet Network in the Toolkit Depot studio. So this is how the show is going to look because we do get in trouble for not letting people know exactly what's coming up and when it's coming up. So who from stuff people? David Oliver's going to join us. On this day, mm-hmm. wow! Uh, Champions League wrap. Looking forward to that one after six thirty. Tim Gossip. I've only got one piece of gossip this morning, but it, it's good. Riley Morgan will come in the Is studio. Salacious? Uh, nah, not really. It's news breaking. Bada Sundarason after seven, and Eddie Maguire after seven thirty. And your calls and your texts. Are you going to swear on air today? You did yesterday. No, I did not. You did. When you should watch a game. What? When you sit and watch a game, what's wrong with that? There's no swearing in that. There's no swearing in that. Oh. Play, listen again. When you sit and watch a game, sit. <laughs> when you sit and watch a game. No, I'm sorry, what? Have a listen. When you sit and watch a game. <laughs> Stop playing it. <laughs> Gotta get a break you away, can't sorry. swear on air, mate. And that was to Michelle Wainwright, who's the. Anyway. CEO of the organising Different day, but one thing we do know... It's none of your business. Different day, what we do know, a zebra never changes its stripes. <laughs> it's a hard one. When you're such a competitive beast, like, like, the old zebra doesn't change its stripes. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go, 13 degrees. <laughs> Scotty and Goss, Tim Gossage and Scotty Cummings with you on this Thursday. It's Scotty's last day because you're on a plane. Yeah, I'm going. You're I'm going to Melbourne yeah. and you're going to uh, be cheering. You're going to be leading the cheer spot for our very next guest. Yeah, I am and I can't wait. I love this week and I love this little man because he's, uh, well, we've said it before. We have anyone on the show before. He's yeah. a friend of the show. <laughs> uh, when he became the uh, the greatest and uh, most winningest Group 1 jockey uh, in Australian history. His name is Damien Oliver. He's a great West Australian. He joins us now. Morning, Ollie. Good morning, guys. 
How you going, mate? Big week. Yeah, yeah, it's exciting. Although, waking up to some bad news this morning that my horse that I was going to ride in the Cup, Durston, has unfortunately not passed the vet test for the Melbourne Cup. So, looking no. pretty highly unlikely that it won't be uh, going around in this year's Cup. Oh, I will call it off because there's no <laughs> Melbourne Cup without D. Oliver. That is shocking news, mate. Yeah, it's disappointing news to wake up to, but as I said to you boys, I think, um, you know, while it is disappointing, it's racing, they're finally, finally tuned animals, that, you know, this thing can happen any time, and it's probably better that it happens now than in the race for, for everyone involved. Yeah, no, fair call. I'm, that's just absolutely dropped me, mate, um, and I'm really disappointed for you. So, uh, because you were, you, you were about to, and this speaks for your longevity in the sport and just how good you are. Like you, there was an opportunity to become, I think, the only person ever to win a Melbourne Cup in four separate decades, which would have been phenomenal. But that is not to be. So, let's start with Derby Day, mate. I think it's the the best day of racing. It's um, extraordinary day. It's a great fun day for the punters. Um, you've got a full book of rides, nine nine races, nine rides, all. Yeah, nice busy day for us here Saturday, so hopefully we can uh, make up for it on Saturday. Well, you're probably getting a bit old for a full full card, though, aren't you? Nah, mate, I'm a, I'm a finely tuned athlete. I've been training and working hard, although now that Durston's out for the cup, I'm, I'm thinking of having some bacon and eggs for breakfast, I must say. <laughs> so, that was the thing. You had to get to, what, 53 and a half, um, which is just a number that I just can't fathom, mate. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Um, so what does it change for you now? What's uh, what do you have to roll? What do you have to be? What can you be uh, for the rest of the carnival? Well, I've still got 54 actually, so I've got half a kilo of breathing space, mate. So um, yeah, not exactly going to make a hell of a lot of difference, but um, yeah. So yeah, I'll still have to be pretty trim for the week. Don't want to harp on it, Ollie, but it was a live chance, wasn't it? It was a genuine live chance, uh, Durst, and you picked up the ride there. Uh, wh- why did it fail the check? What, what's the what was the what was the information coming from the vets and from the connections? No, I haven't heard the details as yet. It's only just come through, but um, you know, obviously, all the cu- all the runners in the cup, you know, have to pass a pretty strict vet test these days um, with some of the injuries they've had in the cup in recent years, and uh, you know. As we saw last year, there was no no injuries out of the cup, so um, you know we can understand why it's happening, and um, it's just part of the the world we live in these days for the cup. Okay, let's focus on Saturday then. Let's focus on Derby Day. You have, you've got, as uh, as Scotty mentioned, you've got a full book of rides. Interesting enough, you've got uh, nine rides, and you've got uh, eight different trainers. You're the only one you double up with are the Friedman boys. What's that like for a jockey? I mean, how, your, your connection of getting to, I mean, it's, it's great, it's quite diverse, isn't it, that you're riding for a whole lot of group of trainers, but I imagine it would take a lot of work pre-day, to, uh, pre-race day, to make sure you know what you're doing on the horse and, and get the last word. Yeah, well, I've been doing it for a long, so long now that I've, I've, I've ridden for most of these trainers at, at varying stages of my career and and life in riding. So you kind of know quite a bit about the trainers, how they like their horses ridden, and and how they train their horses. So that's certainly a positive. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just um, you know I was doing quite a bit of riding for Godolphin earlier, uh, probably the last 18 months, and um, they've gone down a bit, bit of a different path in recent times. So I've kind of been just working to get other rides um, from more of a wider variety of trainers more in, de- in recent times. Now, one of the horses that you're riding on the weekend is Warning, a horse that you know so well on Derby Day. 
Yeah, he's always probably a little bit out of form, but on his best form, he can he can win this race. Um, probably needs to improve a bit, but he does like the wet if there's a bit of rain around, which we, we're looking oh. like having. But um, probably does need to improve on his on his recent form. You've got a mixed bag, haven't you? There's some uh, there's some ones that are in the money in the market, and others that are uh, are pretty long. Is there any one that excites you more than anything else, Ollie? Yeah, there's a couple of horses there. A horse called Natuno in the Coolmore. I trialled him down the straight last week, and he trialled really well. He's probably going to be good odds coming out of some form race in Sydney on the wet ground, which is, um, you know, I'm not quite sure about him. The track was dry when I galloped him last week, so he went well on the dry track, but he seemed to like the straight track. So he's one that could be a little bit over the odds. Um, So Dazzling's a nice one too, and the Wakefield one on her a couple of starts ago. She got beat last start in Sydney, but back to her own... um, age and sex against the girls in the wakeful she's got a chance and um probably enchanted heart and Ferno and nimalee are probably the other horses with chances as well all right well you haven't mentioned berardino of course that's your ride in the derby you're a six-time winner of the derby and then warning was the horse your last rode in 2019 to victory in a derby um you haven't mentioned it having much hope um we suspect that uh, it's got its work cut out yeah, look, he's not hopeless. He um, he ran third behind the Derby favourite two starts ago, and last start was a little bit held up at um, at Mooney Valley, but he, he was beaten a fair way, probably four or five lengths behind um, Berkeley Square there. So he, he's certainly not the worst chance in the race, but would once again have to improve probably to, to trouble some more of the favoured runners in this race. All right, we're speaking to Damien Oliver with the news that Durston is out of Melbourne Cup, and I've just been handed a press release from Chris Waller Racing saying there is a grey area, a small lesion in his left hind leg. They think the horse uh, galloped well Tuesday. The vet trotted him up following this, but of course modern science has taken hold and the horse will undergo an MRI to investigate further. What do you make of the the scanning process for a Melbourne Cup, Ollie? You mentioned that you're better off knowing before a race than during a race because we do know that, um, you know, we care for the horse more than anything, but we also have those uh, people who are waiting for tragedy in Melbourne Cup so they can dine out on the racing industry. Yeah, look, there was a, we probably had a run of a few years there where there was a lot of horses getting injured in the Melbourne Cup. Um, probably more so the European horses that were coming uh, from long seasons of racing in, in Ireland and the UK and, and Europe and, and then coming on our hard tracks and, and just not coping with it. So probably something had to be done to, to protect the integrity of the race. Um, so, yeah, look, you know, if you look at it from another perspective, the trainers and, and all the connections with the horses always got the horses' best interest at heart as well. But, um, you know, with modern science, you can probably go into into looking at the horses to a, you know, another degree that, pe- that, that the naked eye just probably can't see sometimes. But, um, you know, it probably something had to be done to just protect um, the integrity of the race, as I said. So, um, you know, if that means we still get to race on Melbourne Cup Day safely for huge prize money and everyone still go to the race and enjoy themselves, I think it's a small price to pay for um, for all of us to keep, keep doing it safely. Yeah, 100%. Hey, Ollie, interesting enough that we see on Saturday there's big races up in Sydney and, and one of the best, in fact, the, I think the leading jockey in the country in regards to wins, Jamie Carr, has elected to go to Sydney and not be in Melbourne on Derby Day and we see Frankie Dettori and a couple of the other English jockeys are also up there in Sydney and some of the best Sydney jockeys who we normally see in Melbourne are up in Sydney. Is that a good thing that uh, Melbourne shares one of the biggest if not the best race day in the world with another quality race meeting up in Sydney? What's your vibe on that? 
Yeah, it probably has diluted a little bit the Melbourne racing as far as some of the horses and the jockeys go. Um, but if you look at it on the other hand, there's uh, some massive opportunities, some big prize money. That, that Golden Eagle's worth $10 million, and I think even um, Racing Victoria has up their prize money to compete with it as well. So, you know, it's, it, from that perspective, it's never been a better time to be in racing with you, a jockey trainer or an owner that you're competing for some of the best prize money in the world and uh, there's more opportunities for, for a lot more people. So there's two ways of looking at it. As the Peter Vlandy's led uh, attack on Victoria or racing Victoria, has it been, is it similar to like a, a live and the PGA, Ollie, in the fact that it's actually forced <clears throat> racing Victoria to say, okay, hang on, we've, we've been, we've been pretty easy on the prize money for a long time. Not a lot of increases. It's time we've got to start rewarding our participants a bit more. Has it been a good thing? Well, yeah, if you put it that way, it kind of has. Um, you know, we've always raced for pretty good prize money, but um, the war chest of money that, that New South Wales seem to have has just taken it to an extraordinary level. And, um, you know, I can understand if Peter Volandi's doing it, for, he's just trying to build up New South Wales racing um, during the spring, which is no doubt he has. Um, but, um, you know, as I said, once again, it's just huge opportunities and great prize money. And if you're owner or train or, or a jockey is just uh, you know massive opportunity and, and it's spread it out more so more people are getting um, more go at it for sure. Damien, on a day like today, you're obviously not making the trek to Ballarat. You've got Mooney Valley tomorrow night before Derby Day. It sounds like you're just knocking off a coffee there as we speak. Um, this is breakfast. Is this breakfast? What's the coffee of choice in the Damien Oliver household? <laughs> yeah, I'm not quite the barrister, but um, you've know, got a nice little coffee machine. Got to start the day off with a coffee when, when you're getting up as early as I am. Um, St. Revio is the is the brand we're going for here. Um, yeah, but what is it, Ollie? Is it a flat white? Is it a long black? Is it a oh no, a little cappuccino, classic, smooth and velvety. Oh. I describe it, and, and the packet wood as well. <laughs> That's you. And you're uh, <laughs> you are classic, smooth and velvety, Ollie. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> All right. So, I tell you, can I just say, yeah, yeah. I, you've been in it a long time, Ollie. This, this is shattering news today um, on your, your Melbourne Cup ride being scratched. But you seem to be taking it well. You seem to understand that that's the industry and that's racing. But um, I'm gutted for you, but you seem to be just taking it in your yeah. stride. Uh, as I said, mate, I've been doing it so long. Um, you do experience a lot of highs and a lot of lows in, in this sport. And uh, you certainly get to roll with the punches because, you know, and you've got to look at the bright side. You know, as I said, it's better to happen now than in the race. And, you know, I've still got a, a lot of rides cup week and a lot of rides to focus on and yeah. um, some great chances to win some big races too. I'm probably more disappointed for my daughter, 15-year-old daughter, and she will be when she gets home from school. She's bought the new dress. So that's going to be, uh, she's going to be pretty flat. I would suspect. <laughs> and, and, and knowing 15-year-old girls, she'll take it out on you. It's your fault, Ollie. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know about girls, mate. You've got boys, haven't you? Uh, I've, got, I've got a girl, but she hasn't quite hit that age yet. But, uh, yeah, I've seen some mates. Oh, I've, I've oh, seen yeah, some mates wear mate, some issues. Yes. Yeah, yeah, look, look forward to it, I can tell you. Well, Goss is a broken Mate, man. I've got 22 and 19, and let me tell you, it doesn't get any easier. It still doesn't get any easier. <laughs> All righty, now, so as we let you go, um, no chance of – well, when I say no chance, will your manager be working or and yourself be working – would someone be ringing now to say, hey, guys, I'm available now that Durston's gone? Are you still some fleeting chance of having a ride in the cup, or have you just will you shelve that idea right now? Um, I'm sure I'll be looking over the um, you know acceptances, but I think 
most most of the rides in, in my weight bracket, that sort of 53 and a half above, would probably be gone at this stage. You know, it's getting pretty close to the cup now. Um, so, yeah, pretty unlikely, I would think. All right, we'll keep an eye on that uh, one. Hey, mate, I'm we not coming. It. I'm not coming now. Gosh, I'll be here next week. <laughs> Turn it up. He's got nine rides Derby Day. Yeah, and no, I'll be on all of them too. And they're, so, all, yeah, they're, don't all, they're all double figures. You could you could walk out absolutely oh, flush. Minted, can, <laughs> minted to my eyeballs. Oh, you don't eat too much because you'll be carrying me as well. Uh, we wish you <laughs> we wish you all the best, mate. Uh, always good chatting to you, and uh, I can't wait to see you go about your business again this Melbourne Cup week, mate. So good luck to you, and thanks for joining us on Scotty and Goss. Thanks for the call, boys. Damien Oliver joining us. Absolute superstar. One of the best in the business. And not just as in racing. I'm talking That's WA sportsman yeah, of and, all time. And most importantly, he's a good bloke. Yeah, well, any yeah, friend, that's how I rate anyone that has you as a friend has to be pretty resilient. Hey, it's Scott Ingos. Good morning. Time now for a sport update, and thanks to Damien Oliver for breaking that news. We recorded that literally one minute after he found out the horse was out of the Melbourne Cup, and our news break was thanks to McCafe, the best ever blend roasted in Melbourne. But we do have a sports update with the man who I clearly think washed his hair last night because it is a little fluffy. Mm. Good morning. I don't think I washed it. It's just gone fluffy on me, just the way I'd You are due slept. for is it due, you're due for a cut? Yeah. It's, uh, no, no. Jeffrey Groom. Because <laughs> yeah, you know the uh, missus is a yeah. former dog groomer. Yes. Do for a little... Does she put you in one of those big... Um... <laughs> Hydro baths. Does, yeah. does, 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 does she do your nails at the same time? Does she lift your leg up and you know, wash in between? <laughs> the full oh, Matty Penny. Visual I'm not after this time of And thank you. Now that everyone has that visual, let's get into it. Diamonds debutante, Danelle Wallam, in the dying seconds, held the Diamonds to a 55-54 to win over England in their opening test in Newcastle. Castle last night. Weston, she finds proud Wallam to win it for Australia. Would you have written that if you tried? Danelle Wallam on the boot. Huge, and she was very emotional after the game and and, um, about, you know, she was at the centre of the furor in regards to the sponsorship. thought she handled herself really, really well, and uh, hats off to her. That was a big stage for her, so congratulations to her. That was amazing. Uh, Ireland have marked their MCG debut with a huge upset, a 2020 World Cup win over England. The rain stopped play in the 15th over. England were five for 105 in reply to Ireland's 157. The match was called off a few minutes later. It's good for the Aussies. Huge, massive news. This really does, again, put a life back into that group and massive game Friday night, weather permitting, Australia versus England. We'll get it done. And Alistair Clarkson will begin his North Melbourne coaching tenure officially on November 1st. The club has announced in a statement, Sonia Hood, Dr. Sonia Hood, the North Melbourne president, said the board is confident he can fulfil his duties at the club while he cooperates with an independent investigation into the allegations, of course, surrounding him. events and some of the great moments in history. It's on this day. October 27 and we're playing the birthday theme there for one reason and one reason only. Scotty boy! Because in four months to the day (laughs) it's my birthday. 27th of February. I'm the king. Mine's before yours. Mum and Dad's wedding anniversary. Yeah. That was well over 60 years. Mum or Dad will text me in a minute and tell me how many it is. Uh, Not the same. Not the same. (laughs) Many years is 
You are old. No, is it? I'm fifty. Just checking how they I'll went be about 58. it. Fifty-eight. Just checking how they went about it. I reckon about they must be around sixty-eight. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, no. Nah, they waited. Awesome. I'm the youngest of five, mate. I didn't miss about. Captain James Cook was born on this day in 1728. That was the crew singing the song as they came into Botany Bay. (laughs) (laughs) In 1728. Didn't take off straight away. Jordan Cleese, still going, 83. Uh, This is the view as far as I can remember, madam. Yes, yes, this is it. When I pay for a view, I expect something more interesting than that. That is Torquay, madam. It's not good enough. (laughs) May I ask what you were expecting to see out of a Torquay hotel bedroom window? (laughs) Sydney Opera House, perhaps? The hanging gardens of Babylon? Sweeping majestically. <laughs> I expect to be able to see the sea. You can see the sea. It's over there between the land and the sky. Brilliant stuff. John Cleese is 83 today. Only 12 episodes of that show. Well, that, Faulty Towers. Yeah, I can't believe that. Yep, exactly. Only 12 episodes. Uh, Simon Le Bon, 64. Oh, hello. He was in a band called Duran Duran. No, he wasn't. <laughs> Though, is it? Nah, that's better. What's your favourite? Hungry Love Wolf. Oh, this one. Yeah. Uh, good work. Wow, good work. I got one hand on the ear on the cans and <laughs> one put on the air turntable. <laughs> 58 today, Great Mark song. Taylor. We'll take Armand to bowl. Taylor on strike on 298. He gets it through, so Mark Taylor will bring up his 300. He raises his left fist. And that's Mark Taylor's yeah. birthday today on the 27th of October. He's 58, and uh, Dave Warner, who's currently still playing, he's 36. Pulls it away hard on the leg side. Times the ball well. It races out towards the rope. Incredible from David Warner. 300. A history-making innings at the Oval. He loves it. The crowd loves it. David Warner. There it is. Pass to Don Bradman. Pass Mark Taylor. So, so, so he passed them with the highest test score, of course, here, David Warner. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, David. Uh, and he passed Mark Taylor and Don Bradman's 334. And Mark Taylor declared the innings closed when he made the 334 because he didn't want to pass to Don Bradman. Respect. But David Warner was happy to go past it. <laughs> <laughs> the He's great got, Aussie captain of the future. They're calling him from the uh, from the sheds going, declaration? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Are you kidding? Got things to do here. Mm. Uh, the lead pencil was first used in 1492 on this day in England. And <laughs> may I say. Awesome. Well, I went to school with a guy called Jeffrey Fenton, and he ate lead pencils in class. <laughs> he did. <laughs> When's the crayon invented? Because I went to school with a, a girl at Lesbury Primary School that and quite a penchant for eating the crayon. <laughs> the water ski was painted on this day in 1925. What was? At the water ski. And the Walt Disney first television show was broadcast on this day also in 1954. Oh, Sonny married Cher on this day in 1964. I don't know. Well, that's true, because you got me. Baby, I got you. She was 17 when she was That went well. I got you. Married four times. I got you, baby. 
It's got me covered by one. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, at the moment, <laughs> it's a day-by-day proposition. Uh, and... Uh, on this day, Neighbours debuted on UK TV in 1986. And we go down to the very bottom because Lou Reed sadly passed away on this day, October 27 in 2013. US singer, musician, legend. They said, hey, sugar, take a walk on the wild side. I said, hey, babe, take a walk on the wild side. All right. Huh. Well, we don't have much time because Riley Morgan is in the house to give us some winners for Derby Day out there at Ascot. He might give us a winner too for Northam. But the gossip is that a young Victorian jockey, apprentice jockey, who claims four in the city called Laura Lafferty, has posted this morning, disappointed that I've been denied the opportunity by the stewards to partner our family-owned and trained racehorse Autocracy at Flemington in the Group 2 Wakeful on Saturday, something I worked incredibly hard to achieve. A horse I broke in... I ride every single morning and have ridden in all her races. I guess that still doesn't make me competent enough. A pity common sense couldn't prevail. And she's had a go and posted that on racing.com and Racing Victoria. Good luck Saturday, autocracy. Horses 250 to 1. Fine young rider. Um, the family, dad trains it. She's worked on the horse. She's ridden a share of winners. She actually rode a 100 to 1 chance up in Sydney about six months ago uh, on a Saturday. Can ride and disappointed. Uh, she's going to appear on Gareth Hall Giddy Up, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall over there. And you might want to hear that interview a bit later. So that is very disappointing news. Mm. We'll find out from Riley Morgan next. Uh, That is uh, Tim Gossip. I have got a little bit more, but we'll we'll shelve it because we've got a lot to get through. Eddie Maguire is going to join us. Uh, and uh, but it's under Asian because Australia got some life breathed into them last night with England getting beaten by Ireland under the Duckworth <laughs> Lewis system. But football overnight and the boys are coming into the studio as they take up their seats. We wait for them to, to grab a, a microphone each to do this. Oh, crazy, crazy results today. Wild night of Champions League action. Let's get straight into it. I reckon we start with this, the absolute insanity that was Atletico Madrid going out. Penalty! How about this? Some can hardly watch. It was astonishing. That was after the full-time whistle. It went to VAR. They called a penalty. Atletico steps up, takes it, gets saved, hits the crossbar, and then they fire over the top. It was madness. (laughs) And then now they're out of the Champions League. They're gone, baby. They are out. So a two-all draw there, which is not enough to get them through the group stages. Leverkusen weren't uh, good enough either. So Club Bruges and Porto are through in that group. Man, there were so many big results, as we mentioned. What else caught your eye, Lois? Tottenham with the draw against Sporting. They had a chance to qualify for the next stage in this group, but they uh, came up short, one all draw. Harry Kane actually got the winner, but it was disallowed by VAR. Swinging ball into the penalty area. Emerson Kane scores for Tottenham Hotspur. Harry Kane has done it. <laughs> no, he hasn't. <laughs> Final <laughs> second of the game, pretty much. It, got, uh, it went to VAR and then went up there for like three minutes or so. I know, Goss, you were listening to it. But, uh, yeah, 
Harry Kane, not good enough, uh, unfortunately. He was just offside. So Spurs now take on Marseille, who lost to your boy, Scotty Eintracht Frankfurt, uh, early this morning, 2-1. And Mo Salah on fire, opened the scoring to notch his sixth Champions League goal of the season. Henderson into Salah. Where was Pasmir going? Only one place Salah was going. Straight to goal. One chance, one goal for Mo Salah. And that 3-0 win over Ajax takes Liverpool to the next stage of the Champions League. It does indeed. But no, he won't be going there. Barcelona, they've been knocked out of the Champions League in the group stage for the second season running. That happened earlier after Inter Milan beat Victoria Plazen 4-0. So no matter basically what they did against Bayern Munich, uh, they weren't going through. And what they did against Bayern Munich was not very good. They lost 3-0. There's your Champions League wrap for your Thursday morning. It's a huge night. Go check out those highlights if you haven't, especially that one we started off with Atletico against Leverkusen in the final moments of that game uh, because it was well worth checking out uh, or you can just listen to us Ramble catch, the, about catch the podcast just listen to this one's more uh, catch you later Fantastic rap and you yeah. can hear the follow up on the podcast Life of Riley continues on and track Frankfurt that's my team Pardon? On on track Frankfurt with sauce. My team. <laughs> sauce and a bun. Yeah, no, I'm so glad I find out how they were going. Hey, anyway, when I did the the meat um, industry awards over or the function <laughs> over here, the the the, the so, you know how they say oh red sausages give you you know the hyperactive and get kids all fired up like red cordial the mm. red sausage. It, it's only the casing. It's not the sausage. It's just normal. Awful in the middle of it. Because <laughs> oh, I saw the casings of the sausages. on. They have, there's an actual business here that makes the casing for the red sausage. Right. I tell you what. Um, <laughs> I digress. I'm not sure. Yep. You know, sometimes you speak to people, Morgs, and you go, mm. I'm smarter oh than talking to you. I don't think that's <laughs> the really case trying. here. Well, I disagree with you because Twinkles has just texted in. And Good morning, Riley. Good morning, boys. Really enjoyed the talk this morning as a parent of the kids. The tie talk, go, the yeah. tie talk. Mate, read it properly. Really enjoyed tie talk this morning as a parent of kids to go the PC, uh, PSA. <clears throat> oh, he's on fire. <laughs> Do you want me to have a go? This Twinkles texting is really enjoyed tie talk this morning as we were talking cup, uh, cup of tie. As a parent of kids that go to PSA schools, it drives me insane. There's not enough emphasis put on the length of a tie. Get it to the belt buckle or start again. And I so love a good double Windsor. Great work, Goss. Thank you very much. Morning, Rolly. Hey, Goss. Hey, we've got nine races at Ascot on Saturday. Asian Bow, Prince of Wales. Uh, good race meeting. It uh, ties in with Derby Day. So no doubt, as being the racing purist that you are, you'll be out there at Ascot on Saturday. Looking no, forward to absolutely this. not. Sorry? I'll have what a, do you mean? This, abs- is, this is the day that yeah, races. Yeah, Derby Day. You come to shine. I've got other places to be, Scotty. Well, I'll, be, I'll be parked up in the pool, cold bintang in hand. Oh, Where are you going? So, is that? Oh, he's going to Bali, mate. Obviously, it's mate. Bin tank. Where oh. else you get a bin tank? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, really? So, so How long are you going for? Uh, I'm going for a week. Obviously, you haven't been winning on the punt because it's only a very cheap holiday going to Bali. But anyway, <laughs> all righty. Hey. Get our listeners a winner before you go. Not anymore.
Uh, we're just sacking and backing? Nah, we'll just go. We'll go straight to this weekend. It's a okay. pretty big meeting in the context of the, of the pinnacles uh, with those races, the Group 1 races coming up pretty quickly, yes. actually. So they are, they are approach Damien fast. Damien Oliver keen to get over here. Did you hear that? Yeah, I hope so. I yeah. hope so. That'd be great. It'd yeah, be great sure. to have someone someone of his calibre over here for the over here for the pinnacles. Um, in terms of a best bet on the weekend, it's actually a difficult, a pretty difficult little card. There's some really good competitive races on the program. And I was going to come in here and, and tip all show, but there's no there's no fun coming in here and tipping all show at a dollar eighty in the Placid Arc prelude, although I think that she is immoral in that race. Um she'll go she should be winning that race. I'll, I'll tip something else. We'll go to race six, horse first up, number eight, Snipperucci for Stephen Miller, who I'm hoping has a bit of a day out there on the weekend. Um, <laughs> this horse this horse trialled huge outside a, a key danger in this race, Acromantula, at the trials uh, last week. And I think this race might shape quite similarly similarly to that trial. Uh, she just sat on the shoulder of Acromantula and cruised, cruised past him late and think that she can repeat the dose here. And she went to a, a new level last preparation as a horse. And I think she's come back a superior animal and can keep off her campaign in a winning way. Right, race six, number eight, Snipperucci. Uh, best value? Best value. We actually stay in the same stable, funnily enough. We go to race five, horse number 11, Santorio is the name of the horse. And now I'm going to follow that proven formula, Goss, of the three-year-olds on or close to the minimum up against the older horses, which has been working very well of late. And Santorio pushed a, a high-quality three-year-old last start in all the Kingsmen uh, right to the line and, and had a more taxing run in transit there. And although drawn a little sticky for Brad Parnham, I'm, I'm confident he can follow the, the speed horses in the race drawn outside him, Mr. Delegator and Castillo Delago across and, and jam him in somewhere with some cover. And if that is the case, he's the, the only one I would want to be on in this race, heading down a WA Guineas path. And he will certainly be each way odds in this field with the uh, with the amount of other horses that will have to take up some sort of market percentage. So you should be able to get each way about him and he will be each way all day for me. Race five, number 11, Santorio. And best long shot. Long shot. Best long shot. Or Fill the pockets. Long shots, Plural, actually. There's a couple of horses in the in the feature of the day, the Group Three Asian Bow, who I think are over the odds. Now, this is a key lead up to the railway stakes, and the winner the winner will make the final field. And there's a few horses in here who are questionable about gaining starts in the railway, so there's plenty to play for in this race on the weekend. And those two horses are horse number two, Last of the Line, and number fifteen, Treasured Star, are the two long shots here who I think are over the odds at double figures. Now, Last of the Line was huge in the in the Eurythmic and has a flawless second up record. This horse. He's three from three, second up. So he makes huge improvement first to second up. He maps to land one out, one back here from the barrier and, and take luck out of the equation, which is something a lot of these other fancied horses in the market won't have or they won't have this luck. So you've got lots of horses like Devoted drawn right out, Tricks of the Trade drawn right right out, and Alaskan God, who's first up, who has been well supported early, drawn right out as well. All of these horses needing some luck. I think you can bank on Brad Parnham landing last of the line in a lovely spot there from the barrier and getting the run of the race. And, and Treasured Star is an interesting one because this is a horse I was happy to take sort of $2.20 for fresh off her off her outstanding trials leading into that first up run and although it was a train wreck from a from a horror gate on a really on pace day if, if you can forgive that race which which I'm happy to the the once railway favorite is now being offered at double figures in a race that she needs to win to gain a start in the railway so I love that Clint Johnson Porter goes on drawn a gate here I'm more than happy to take that sort of ten eleven dollars on offer to see if she's made of much more than what we saw first up as well so pretty keen on those two at, at a price in the in the Asian bow.
Radio, anything. Race eight, number two, race eight, number 15. And just quickly as well, in that same race, uh, she's not in the field, but if Carly's Karma gets a start, she will be a genuine winning chance, I think, as well. So your three tips, race six, number eight, best bet, Snipperucci, value race eight, uh, race five, number 11, Santorio, and race eight, number two, last of the line, all come from the SJ Miller stable. And that's not Simon Miller, that's Stephen Miller. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because that's I hadn't even gone in with that sort of mindset at all. I hadn't spoken to SJ or anything. These are just the horses that I've found doing the form for this weekend, and that's the way it's, that's the way it's landed. That, do you think that S. Miller would wear a tie, a pant, a Chris White shirt and a jacket, or do you think he will go with the pant, the shirt, no jacket, no tie? What? Oh, I, I can't think. I don't think I've ever seen S. Stephen Miller rock up to the races wearing anything of that sort of uh, Okay, <laughs> that sort of so nature. there you go. So that's, that's the, I think he's, he's a bit more laid back. Clan. He's from the Miller clan. Do you reckon S.J. Miller would... Come well, in and tell the truth and which one's going to win and which one's not. <laughs> nah, it's a bit like... Um, it's very shady. Oh, yeah, there's oh, the cards close to the say, What they say over in Sydney, I know from a, a couple of mates at that punt over there, is they always go the wrong Waller runner. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, over here, it's the wrong Miller runner. Correct. All righty, just quickly, uh, we're going up to the Avon yeah, today because true. that's where the descent is and that's where they're racing today for eight races. First race goes at 12.55. It's a downhill spiral. <laughs> Gary Armstrong is uh, filling the holes up there. That's what he does for a living now. Really? His beautiful wife is the uh, manager of the race club on race day, and Gary is the trackman. And I would not complain about the track. No, I would not. I would not blow up about the track if Gary Armstrong The track is fine. Anything in Northern Lawns? The the inside lanes were fine on the weekend, but we'll we'll leave that for another day. Um, Northern. Yep. Um, There's a horse. I haven't done a great, a huge amount of form, but there's a first starter for Michael Lane okay. uh, that, that seems to have a fair bit of ability today, um, who they have had a few issues with getting to the races, but looks to be, yeah. uh, looks to have trialled very nicely. Rusty Dreams is the name of the horse. Yep. And then there's another horse as well for Annie King, whose first up run I loved, uh, Key Trade. I think it's in race number six, horse number one, I believe, off the top of it my is. head. I don't have 100%. it. 100%. No, you're spot on. But um, yeah, this horse was huge first up against the pattern of the day. It was a really on pace day at Ascot and really rattled home from back in the field and the trial prior to that first up run was was massive as well so I think she has this horse going superb going really well multis there I reckon so we'll multi them up race one number nine race six number one thanks for coming in enjoy barley yeah you you won't be here next week no I won't be here next week you'll dial in though won't you I mean, you'll be working. You'll be working by the Mate, pool. Is that possible? Can you even do that? And yeah. Not only that, absolutely. Might cost me. Might cost me five bucks a five bucks every minute. To invoice talk to you guys. Invoice costs. Yeah, yeah. And you don't get paid for not coming in. Let can't me even, I can't even invoice him. He's lost his wallet. Yeah, yeah oh, we haven't spoken about that yet, have we? Lost my wallet yesterday. The, un, um, the person who's picked it up is the unluckiest thief in the world. Oh, no. You cannot buy anything. <laughs> declined insufficient funds. One past seven. A break and then some news. For those who are texting in asking whether they've missed Goss Lotto, no, you have not. It will be just around the corner. Go nowhere, but just all you have to do is make sure you ring the Toolkit Depot open line, 13 12 55, $160 million up for grabs. How, um, don't know, don't ask. It's an issue, though. Yeah, it's like, an how issue. are you going to pay for I don't know. It? You've, you've, surely you've got your card on your phone, like... Most people. Yeah, but, no, but you, you can't. You've got to unlock your cards to do it. Oh, don't ask me. Don't ask me. Are you getting me a ticket? Oh, how are you going to get a ticket? My wallet? I, I don't know. I'm going to have to get someone to give me, spot me some money. And I'm looking around this this studio, and none of you have got any cash. <laughs> and those two mm-hmm. d- 
<laughs> dived under their desk. You're all happy to come in syndicates, but you're not happy to actually churn out the $7. No, we didn't lose your wallet. Don't take it out on us. One man who lost his luggage again for the oh. second time in three days is our next guest, Baras Andresen, who was in the uh, media box the other day, of course, uh, here for Australia when they fell over the line against Sri Lanka. He's now made his way back to Melbourne, of course. Uh, but I appreciate your time. Where is your luggage this time? We know it was a drama coming to Perth. It's now a drama going yeah, to Melbourne. And we've never asked one of our guests before, but what are you wearing? <laughs> oh, oh, oh uh, you know, well, I'm wearing the same thing I was wearing when uh, Tim saw me the other night because, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, what it on? Wore it on the flight like most normal people should, only to land here and, uh, uh, you know, hear that my luggage has been left. And uh, at least when I flew from Melbourne to Perth, I could blame the Pakistan team. On this occasion, it's just me and this uh, other lady. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what it is about my luggage. Uh, I know my clothes are pretty ridiculous and out there. I don't know if uh, that they, they just don't believe that it could belong to an actual person. Uh, I don't know what it is, but they just keep holding it back. But I did get a call this morning from the courier guy. And, and wait for this. And he says, uh, yeah, man, we'll get it delivered. Hey, wait. By the way, wait. You're the guy from the radio, aren't you? You were at the India-Pakistan game. And I was like... There you go. So, you know, the courier guy knows who I am. That's always a uh, step very up. Handy. Like, yeah. Very handy. Very handy, Barat. Yes, very Everyone good. Everyone else will know, too, when you appear on border security yeah. uh, in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> That's where your bag is. SEN Cricket commentator and writer for Crick Buzz is Barat Sandarais. And uh, what, a, what a moment last night for the whole tournament. I, uh, Ireland upsetting England on the Duckworth-Lewis system and a breathe some life back <laughs> into so the Aussies. Have we ever been more excited about a result Rain. from the uh, <laughs> we Duckworth? <laughs> and when was the last time Australia got so excited by Ireland? I mean, historically <laughs> speaking, I can't, I can't think of the last time. And, and no, honestly, it, it does. The tournament sort of needed it. Uh, it was, you know, we've seen some really good results so far. But uh, a result like this, yes, I mean, albeit England will say, oh, it's, uh, the rain played a big role in it. Uh, though they didn't help their causes either. And the Irish have been really good after that first loss in Hobart. Um, it, it just basically now oh, it makes every game, if not a knockout, uh, definitely a can't-lose contest for all teams involved in this group. Whether you're Australia or uh, England tomorrow, um, or even Afghanistan uh, and uh, the, the Ireland the day after, or the, the same evening, I should say, uh, or, or anyone, uh, even New Zealand. Uh, they look pretty at the moment on top of that massive run rate. Uh, but they can't afford to slip up anywhere. And then it's rain around the corner. It's still raining in Melbourne this morning. We don't know how it's going to be tomorrow. The forecast isn't very bright. So even though a lot of people are criticizing the tournament for being held in October, and this is unseasonal rain, right? This is uh, mm. crazy rain all around the country. Uh, it kind of adds to that intrigue around this World Cup. So it would please Victorians to say that, well, we do have a stadium over here with, uh, you know, 60,000 seats and beautiful weather, but uh, is there any chance that we might be able to sneak the final over here in Western Australia, do you think? And that would please everyone on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, why not? Like, start the final at 11 p.m. Melbourne time. And, like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, not, it's not about you, mate. Yeah, it's come not, on. It's not about it's not you. not about the centre of the universe over there. What did you make of Australia the other night? I know it was one man show. It was Marcus Stoinis who got them over the line. Mm. What did you make about the performance? And on sheer form right now, and you watch every game, can Australia win the World Cup in their current situation? Uh, no, they need another game where uh, they put on a 
better overall performance. I thought they were still, and you were there, Tim. They were they were flat. They were flat on the field. Uh, they were sloppy. Mm. Uh, they were getting annoyed uh, with a lot of things. It almost felt like uh, they wanted Sri Lanka to be a slightly um, quicker game. You know, they just uh, and in those conditions, the way the ball is bouncing around in those first few overs, maybe they felt that they will get uh, through Sri Lanka sooner than they did. And Sri Lanka is a plucky team. They always have been, uh, and especially they played a lot against this Australian team in 2022. So they kept hanging in there, delaying the inevitable in, in a way. Uh, and again with the bat, uh, even though they lost their fast bowler Benura Fernando in the first over, uh, their spinners and their medium pacers just kept Australia honest and with Aaron Finch's form, uh, or if not, if not form, the way he was struggling, it, it added to it. So it, Australia really needed something like Stoinis to happen. Mm. I mean, just winning would not have done it. They needed like uh, an extra Philip, something for which they could just jump up and joy and just celebrate like they did, you know, after Stoinis started hitting those sixes. So very important for Australia in that game, but also for their World Cup campaign. Barrett, there's uh, a bit of talk, and I know Mark Waugh's coming out pretty strong, urging selectors to uh, drop Pat Cummins and bring in Cam Green. Now, we spoke to Gilly uh, last week about the tournament leading into the tournament, and he, and he said, this is not a T20 is not a game about consistency. It's about being right there, bang on the on the night. But what do you think of Pat Cummins' form? His last over was an absolute howler. Um, does he, he, I assume he stays in the team. Ah, uh, yeah, it would take a very uh, brave man to leave Pat Cummins out of any side. Uh, and yeah, I mean, again, look, Pat Cummins didn't have he had, he had an off night. Uh, he started off okay with the ball, the drop catch. You rarely mm. see him drop anything. And then that last over was a little. It 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 kept. It sort of was was a, invented the theme of how Australia were in the field. Uh, like I said earlier, like sloppy and not completely on. Uh, but still, especially against England, you would want Pat Cummins uh, yeah, in the side. But I mean, the question is, um, how do you, how how do you get a Cam Green or even a Steve Smith? And I've been um, you know advocating Steve Smith uh, to be there for for Steve Smith to be in this playing eleven. Uh, and I, especially in Melbourne with the weather and with the uh, big square boundaries, you would want Steve Smith. And it's England. Steve Smith does stuff against England, right? So uh, the only person I can see potentially being uh, being left out for a Steve Smith or a Cam Green is Mitchell Marsh. And even though he's been so consistent over the last uh, 18, 20 months, uh, like you said, where Australia are right now, one win, one loss, very, very crucial game. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me, and I think it wouldn't be a, a bad call to get either of them. I would say Steve Smith in, uh, but if Australia want to go even more radical than bring Cam Green in uh, for Mitch Marsh, he'll give you those three, four overs, extra bounce. Uh, it'll, it'll be an X-factor selection anyway. Don't you ever come on our show again and suggest Mitch Marsh misses out, mate. <laughs> that, that, that will not be tolerated. Hey, I'm giving you another best. <laughs> Australia, come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. What about, one, one out. What about uh, Zampa? Does he come straight back into the side? You talked about um, a bit of sloppiness in the field. I thought Ashton Agar was pretty lackadaisical in the, in the lackadaisical. field. Lackadaisical. Lackad- what did I say? Laxa. It's oh, not what, laxa. There's whatever, no S mate. in the middle of it. Whatever. Lackadaisical <laughs> uh, in the field. So I'll tell you what, zebras and stripes. Um, but, but he bowled well. Does Zampa come in and does oh, he miss yeah. out? Uh, I mean, it's very unfair on Ashton Ega. I mean, he's always economical when he plays uh, T20 cricket for Australia. It's just that Zampa is so much more a strike bowler and 
Um, Zampa is arguably, in my opinion, in the top two or three spinners going around in T20 cricket. So if he's feeling better, uh, uh, he, and they said it's not a very bad bout of COVID either, so he should be fine uh, to play. And he just slots right back in, uh, you'd think, especially with all those big hitters that England carry in their middle order. Uh, you would want Zampa in there. All righty. Two games today. South Africa and Bangladesh starts at 11 o'clock our time. And then uh, myself and Brad Hogg will be in the SEN cricket box tonight for Pakistan in Zimbabwe. Who wins these two games? I'll, I'll give the Bangers a, a bit of a sneaky chance of beating South Africa. Uh, you see, I mean, South Africa are, are, are a little desperate after that result against Zimbabwe, which didn't go their way. Um, I think Bangladesh, just T20 cricket, they have struggled with it in the last uh, few years. I mean, there were many who believed they, they were lucky to be, um, lucky to qualify for round two without having to play, you know, the, the round one games in Hobart or Geelong. So you back South Africa for them. They were one of my favorites uh, or pre-tournament favorites based purely on their bowling. Uh, and I think they'll love the conditions there as well. So I think South Africa uh, would be my pick for that game. And Pakistan-Zimbabwe, look, who knows, especially after an India-Pakistan game, you can go either one or two ways. Mm. You can completely fall away, and Pakistan would want that not to happen. They played really good cricket. They just lost their head in that last over. They should still have won. Uh, and Zimbabwe are the most improved side in uh, world cricket these days, in T20 cricket. They're a very dangerous side. Uh, their bowling attacks very, very uh, decent. Uh, they could hurt you with the new ball. So Pakistan will have to take this game very seriously. Uh, I have a sneaky feeling though Zimbabwe might cause an upset. Wow. And maybe it's this one. Okay. Well, you, you're very polite with my Bangladesh tip. You were basically saying, no, they've got no hope. Uh, and you are tipping Zimbabwe. Uh, mate, all the very best getting your luggage back. Thank you for joining us. Look forward to your commentary through the SEN cricket uh, app and all SEN platforms alongside Jared. You were there the other night for the India-Pakistan game. You, you handled it beautifully with Jared and, and also uh, to, to Chuck Berry as well. Look forward to reading your stuff on Craig Buzz. And thanks for joining us this morning. Anytime, guys. Have a great day. Bada Sundarayson, very, very smart man. And the one thing he misses when his luggage doesn't arrive is his brush. He has long, flowing black locks. And if he doesn't have a brush, and it's a special brush, he gets very, very angry. Time to do this! Thanks for your offer for a ticket, Scotty, but we are okay. We have got ourselves a power pick. So if anyone wants to join the Goss Lotto Syndicate, you have to ring. Do not text us and think that's going to get you in. The boys have said, Goss, we've got nothing to do out there at the moment. Mm. All we want to do is answer phones. Yep. 13 12 55, the Tookie Depot open line. And this, I'm led to believe, this Goss Lotto for $160 million yeah. <laughs> is thanks to our team at Fleet Network. Frank Agostino said, Goss, I will purchase the ticket on behalf of the crew. WA's Novated Leasing Specialist. He doesn't know that yet. <laughs> Save your thousands on your dream car, Fleet Network. But if he's going to buy sausages... Well, that was that was for a very good cause. Oh, well, what, $160 million not a good cause? No. Oh, it's not worth it. It's, I'm, I'm going to sit out this one and wait until it jackpots. It's Three, not worth it. Look at it's 300 mil. Anyway, look at the phone. Look, be patient. If you don't get through, yeah. hang up and try again. Yeah, no, and if it takes a while and you're frustrated, take it out 
on Special K and Lois for not answering Get it. Get angry with yeah, them. Yeah, really get up them. 13, 12, 55. Oh, Have a look at those phone calls. Get on, yes. Get on board with us. Get on board. The Goslotto Syndicate will be up tonight, $160 million. And if you join the Syndicate, we will post the numbers on our SENWA Breakfast Twitter. Okay, because uh, we're going to get pick up the ticket at the conclusion of the show. 13, 12, 55. Ring now, who you are, where you're calling from, and the syndicate is open until 10 minutes to 8. Oh, they haven't got long. No limit. Half a. No limit. A break? No. No limit of the numbers. No. Well, stop. It's 160 million, mate. Yeah, but you're you're starting to throw around our cash (laughs) willy-nilly. It's our money. We're a team. If we win 160 mil... Yeah. And you get your share. Yes. Because I'm going to put you and what Lois. You if, if you get your share. Yeah. When you get your share. Will it be good timing, considering you're going to Melbourne t- tonight? For no, it'll be horrible Melbourne. timing. I'll put it all on something in the last. Had to warm Wherever there's still daylight, I'll put, I'll put it on a dog at the meadows. <laughs> 24 uh, past 7, 14 degrees, heading for a top of 23. Just a reminder, all the SEN cricket on the SEN app or whatever the platforms, download the app. But more importantly right now, you have a chance of joining our syndicate for $160 million. Yeah, just get in. Get on board. Novated leasing specialists. They can save you thousands on your dream car fleet. Network.com.au. Frank Agostino has willingly put his hand in his pocket and he's going to buy the world's biggest <laughs> we, uh, we may have, in the break, just messed with Frank's head just a little bit. Yeah. That, uh, that was entertained us. All righty. So, so far, Brendan, Harlem, Mike, Ryan, Scotty, Mully, Daryl, Monty, Xavier, another Daryl, Roy, Westy, Nick and David have all given us a call. You've got to call 13 12 55. You've literally got 15 minutes to call. 13 12 55. Ring now. The boys will take your number through the Toolkit Depot open line and you will be in the city. It costs you nothing. Anything more than $1,000, we'll divide it amongst ourselves. Um, and if we win $160 million, we don't know what we'll do. We'll celebrate. We'll, we'll have a, a pie night somewhere. Uh, let's get some news. <laughs> Eddie McGuire, not far away, but you've got to call. 13 12 Try the best ever McCafe blend, roasted in Melbourne, smooth, rich McCafe, coffee fit for an Aussie. The phones are in meltdown because you can join our syndicate. You've got now 13 minutes. If you if it's engaged, try again because it's $160 million and anything more than $1,000 goes to us. Anything less than $1,000, we'll find a home for it. Be concerned about the pie night celebrator. He doesn't really go well with Hill of Grace. Now... <laughs> Anyway, Eddie McGuire's about to join us. I just wanted he to say, a lot of people are asking, what happened to your wallet? So I did a food shop yesterday in the local. By the time I went back to the car, I couldn't find my wallet. I traced my steps. So you paid for your stuff? Paid for my stuff. Walked 100 metres. My wallet has disappeared. I don't know where it's gone. Uh, went back to the shop. Went back to where I went through the checkout. Went to the checkout head of checkouts. A key, uh, chief, chief checkout person. And <laughs> went to the bread shop. There's a chief checkout. Yeah, apparently there is. Went to the trolley to have a look where I put it into the trolley thing. Looked in my car underneath, on top. Can't find it. Went to the bank. They told me what to do. It's just, it's just inconvenient. But massive, and it's a really bad time. Just. Pre-cup week. And I'm going away at the weekend and I've got to use my identity to get my ticket at the airport. No, no, you don't. 
Yeah. No, you don't. You, you reckon they'll let me on the plane? Oh, of course they will. Anyway, Seriously, keep the calls coming. Your driver's license. Wow. <laughs> so you really need one. Lisa, Paul, Todd, Sam, Nigel, Dominic. Keep the calls coming. 13, 12, 55. Let's get a breakaway because Eddie Maguire, who would you put on hold? Yesterday. If you don't know, Damien Oliver's ride, Durston is out of the Melbourne Cup. We spoke to Ollie at the start. He Literally one minute after he found out the news. We'll take a break, come back. Eddie Maguire is head of Channel 10's coverage of the Melbourne Cup. It starts on Saturday, Derby Day. Eddie Maguire joins us next. This is Scotty Ingalls. Saturday, and Scotty, I know you are because you're actually not going to be here on Friday. You're making the early exit yep. back to Victoria. Derby Day, Saturday. Best day of the Cup. Melbourne Cup. Oaks Day, Stakes Day. And the man heading it up for Channel 10 this year, I can't believe this. The full circle has happened. <laughs> wow. Eddie Maguire's back hosting the Channel 10 coverage. <laughs> How good is it, too? I'm good. back. Good morning, Eddie. I'm back. Station of origin. <laughs> I remember the day that Eddie picked up his typewriter and walked out of Channel 10 when he went with to Channel 10 with the concept of the footy show, and they said, that's not going to yeah, work. You're, mate, you've got no idea what you're talking about. Stupid decision. And guess who stepped into his shoes over there? I know. Yeah. Well, you jumped in. Right. <laughs> I came into the... Oh, it's safe to say you. And... Yeah, it's safe to say you went on different paths from then on. Gosh, I'll be perfectly honest well, and frank with you. He's dead right, though. I did pick up my old typewriter and walk out with it. It was one of those old uh, Remingtons the, uh, the, uh, that weighed a ton. And I thought, well, I'm taking this with me. And uh, I did. I walked out the door, and, and that was it. I remember I went downstairs. They gave me my last parking ticket to pay. Uh, and and, uh, and I had that many holidays, only because I didn't take a day off uh, for about uh, 12 years when I was there. I went straight across the road and uh, plonked it down on my mortgage. So it was a good day, and off I went. And that was the yeah. So, but this time I'm back. So You're it's back. Uh, it's actually really quite fun. I mean, I, I actually love Channel Ten. I didn't want to ever leave. And um, as you said, there's a couple of things going on at that stage. And I remember at that uh, at that particular moment, the managing director, a guy called Jerry Thorley at Channel Ten in Melbourne, he grabbed me and he said, "Look, next time nine or seven, have a crack at you." have a real look at it because we're going to change direction and I reckon it's time for you to make the jump. So a pretty good effort you know, for the bloke who's been keeping me forever. And then, you know, the idea and the discussions at nine happened with Ian Johnson. And, yeah, the rest is history. But I, I always had a great uh, affinity with 10. They gave me a chance when I was a kid, you know, living in a housing commission house. And I was 17 and still at school. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm delighted that I'm working for both nine and 10 at the moment. Uh, nice work by you. So, uh, now I know the most... In fact, th- in fact I just realised, I think I'll be on at the same time. On uh, Tuesday <laughs> and Thursday, I'm been at five o'clock on nine, and uh, the racing on ten. There's only one man that can do that. Exactly right. Hey Ed, so uh, the Melbourne Cup Carnival is a is a carnival that, well, I think it's the best week. Scotty's going back there, and I had the mm. privilege of working on it for seven years with the ten uh, with the ten network. But for you yourself, yeah. most of the time in the Lexus marquee and uh, pressing the flesh with the who's who, but now you're sitting based in front of the camera, hosting the coverage. It really is a bit of a pinch-me moment for you. You must be absolutely buzzed up, and I reckon even you would get a tad nervous about Saturday. Oh, yeah, I'm as fired up as... uh... Yeah, you know, it's like I'm, I'm doing my SWAT back for, for year 12 again. It's, uh, it, it's funny because, I mean, you know, the footy you, 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 know, you clearly walk into. But, you know, it's not only is it uh, the, the significance of the broadcast for 10, but also the 162nd running of the Melbourne Cup, two years in, in uh, lockdown with the quarantine, um, and, and everything else that's been happening around racing. So this is, this is a huge thing and a huge uh, coming out parade for Victoria as well, for the state of Victoria and Australia. Mm. You know, it is Australia's race, and... 
you know, we want people to get back going again. I think it, it all manifests itself right around the country, particularly in Perth, have you know, clearly had the isolation and, and, and the other issues there. Got you coming out parade with a grand final two years ago and did such a fantastic job. And I just think if it, if it goes well... You know, it'll be a, a tremendous fillip for our country. And, you know, so many people are suffering with climatic, uh, climatic conditions and everything else. So, look, we need a good day. We need mm. four good days. And uh, well done to the VRC because I can't think of uh, four better days of racing that uh, they've been able to come up with. I mean, the Derby's going to be sensational. Cup Day takes care of itself. The Oaks Day and this Champion Stakes Day. I mean, everyone, you know, four years that they've been playing this and now every decent horse that's been running and winning in recent times is getting set for one of the three major races on that uh, final day. So it's going to be something special. Stakes Day is often the one that gets, sort of gets forgotten, Ed, I think, because everyone yeah. uh, goes really hard Derby Day. They go really hard Cup Day. They, they struggle their way through Oaks Day, and then by Saturday they're going, no, I'm cooked, I'm it's not going. It's meant to be the kids' day, but the kids get... <laughs> you just sit in the car, we'll, we'll take care of it. <laughs> well, this with that, you know, then, then what the young young kids uh, realised, OK, this is pretty good, we can we can get out and uh, have some fun and, and, and do all that sort of stuff. But now with the, the standard of the races themselves. I think the purists are going to get out there as much as anything. You know, the crowds will have dissipated a little bit, but absolutely, uh, the fact that we've got Animo running and, uh, you know, the, 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 uh, 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 the nature strip coming down, uh, you know, Giga Kick is uh, the, almost a match race. Uh, you know, it's fantastic. It was great that we, you know, we had that unlisted uh, uh, Sydney event the other day. What was it called? The Everest. That one, yeah. um, or, or as I like to call it, the Dali Prelude. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Um, but it's, it is sensational. And, you know, I, I reckon Peter Volandis does a sensational job. And the Everest has actually done that. It's set up, you know, a nature strip coming back from overseas, probably not at its best. But now, a couple of weeks down the track, hitting the, the Flemington Strait and Giga Kick uh, with Craig Williams just riding beautifully. And, and now all these other horses are starting to come into it as well. It's, you know, it's really exciting. Look at Eddie talk racing. Look at him go. I'm telling you, he's an expert. He's done his homework. There Don't worry about no that. one more prepared in anything in the world than this this great man. Let me tell you, Ed, what's Channel Ten going to bring yeah, to on, the Ed. coverage? Ed, what are you? Is it can it be? Is it going to be more about the horses, the participants, or is it going to be more about the not no celebrities in the birdcage? It's all about me. It's a simple That was very very particular. I mean, look. They've been a bit stiff, Channel 10, in that uh, you have a, you know, you, you do the Melbourne Cup carnival, then you end up with uh, just the races the last couple of years because of the lockdowns. Mm. Um, there'll be a really good balance. You know, Channel 7 does a sensational job in the racing for, you know, 52 weeks of the year. And, uh, you know, they, they just do it so well. Bruce and Hamish and all the team, you know, wonderful stuff. What uh, Ten will do, though, is that we're focusing on the Melbourne Cup. It's an international event, and I'm not trying to uh, be a smart aleck here, but the domestic racing now has become so good in Australia. This is the one that they talk about overseas. This has got the other accoutrements. You know, it's got the crowds. It's got the, the birdcage. It's got the music. It's got all those types of things that are going, but it's also got 162 years of Melbourne Cup. It's not, you know... <laughs> You go back, it's 1855 for the Derby. I mean, when you think about that, it really you know, rocks you. And you, you realise that it was the, those races and the huge crowds that came back in the 1800s, 100,000 people. You know, Mark Twain describing it as one of the greatest things he'd ever seen that actually set the tone for what Australian sport is and particularly you know, the big events in Melbourne. That's why we had an MCG with 100,000 capacity because we had a Flemington with 100,000, 120,000 capacity. So, yeah, it, it is such a big thing and that's what we want to capture 
Want to capture the whole thing. Yeah, there's going to be a real focus on the racing because the horses and the jockeys and the trainers are the stars. And then everything that comes around it. Sometimes, as we know in the past, there's been maybe too much uh, too much icing and not enough cake when uh, sometimes <laughs> these things happen. Um, uh, what we want to do is make sure that, as I said, the racing is, is paramount, but also that people who switching on, who may not be you know, devotees of the turf, will get an understanding of it, uh, not talk above their head, not talk uh, to them as if they're morons, but an understanding of what's going on and also the significance of occasions. And if we can get that half right, we'll have a great day. Eddie Maguire heading up Channel 10's coverage. It starts 8.30 on Saturday, Derby Day, and Cup Day starts at 7. So we'll be sitting in the, I'll be sitting in the studio having my Wheaties and having a first four at about 20 past seven. Hey, Ed, uh, you've got... I'll, your... I'll do the same, but I'll be in Melbourne got... at seven, probably on my first one. Exactly also. right. So, Eddie, you, you headed up. And have a listen to, this is the lineup. This is the lineup. Michelle Payne, Francesca Kamani, Glenn Boss, Michael Felgate, Katie Price, the Princess of the Punt, James Winks, David Gately, Brittany Taylor, wait for it, Rob Mills, Georgie Tunney, Nat Hunter, Tara Rushton, and I'd love to know, what's Archie Thompson going to do in the coverage? Well, he'll be with uh, Scotty. They'll both be dribbling at some stage. <laughs> one with a ball, one with a glass. <laughs> Great lineup. Um, Great Archie, lineup. Archie's a ripper. Archie's just... You know, Archie, he's just a great bloke, so that's his job. Be a good bloke, Archie. Get out there, talk to everybody, have some fun, and uh, come up with some good stories, and and look sensational. So that's what we're doing. And as you, you know, from those names, clearly there's a lot of uh, racing pedigree. I I did a a function at the launch on uh, Monday with uh, Francesca, arrived on on, uh, Sunday night. (laughs) Excuse me. And she, um, she's just fantastic. You know, she is a, a genuine star television presenter mm. and expert in racing. So, as you can see, there, it's not going to be just falling on my shoulders to try and hold it all up. Quite to, to the contrary, my job is to, to keep the balls in here and let everybody be the best they possibly can. And you know, when you've got Michelle Payne there, who's you know, the only woman to have won the Melbourne Cup, obviously, as a jockey, and I'm, I'm actually having lunch today with Glenn Boss, and Boss and I are good mates, you know, the, the bloke who rode Maccabi D for three years in a row. That'll be a short yeah, lunch. You've got, some, you've got some people who can actually... You know, explain what is going on and bring the emotion of the whole event to, to the people at home. Yeah, looking forward to it. Hey, Ed, uh, question. Uh, you're obviously thrilled with uh, Collingwood's performance this year, but can I ask you about Ross Lyons' return? What's your vibe? Oh, well, I worked with Ross, obviously, and pretty classified, and uh, knew Ross pretty well. I mean, you know, it'd be interesting to get your vibe uh, from... No, from the, don't uh, ask me. Don't ask Marino. me. Don't, no, <laughs> don't ask me. I don't want to know about it. Good luck over there. I he's just the Saints, he's I think, a Saints man, Ed, too. Yeah, I think he has. I think uh, working actually in the uh, in in commercial property, um, getting out, meeting people, negotiating. You know, I think what happens in in our game of football and sport becomes so narrow-minded sometimes that it's you know my way, the highway, that sort of routine, and everyone's got to be really committed to their particular moment in time. Whereas in the real world, it's all about negotiation. It's all about empathy. It's all about trying to work through problems. That's what you do as a business manager. You, you get problems and you have to solve them. That's that's what it's all about. In sports, sometimes I think we're a little bit, uh, uh, you know, we, we think that uh, just things are going to magically happen. So I think he's uh, he's developed, uh, certainly in the two years sitting next to him, he was able to bring forward his uh, great sense of humour and, and understanding. And I think he's going to be far more empathetic, as he said in his press conference the other day. He wants to you know, get out of the weeds a little bit and be a bit more delegating. But at the same time, 
you know, you're getting him to be Ross Lyon, so that's why they went up St Kilda. They're sick of fluffing around. So we'll see what happens. We read in the paper that uh, you're his new bestie and you've helped uh, deliver this, Ted, so <laughs> no more power. I, I read those things. So I was fitting him. I read these things. I'm like, who are they talking about? And then it's me. It's just, it, it, I couldn't believe it. A bestie. If there's a term in the world, which is a real Sydney term that I despise, it's bestie. bestie. You reckon, <laughs> you mentioned Ross and I sitting down with a joke. Oh, hi, Ross. We're besties. Yeah, yeah, BFFs. Yeah, it's right up there. It's right up there with who you're versing. Anyway, that's a, that's a different one for me. We'll be watching it. It starts on Saturday on Ten Network and on Ten Play as well. Derby Day. It starts at eight thirty, and then Cup Day, the big one. Lexus Melbourne Cup. What are you laughing at? I'm just laughing at hearing about ten. It actually it's the first time I've really heard someone really introduce me. I feel like I'm 25 again. It's yeah. Well, the funny, the funny part, go. funny part is I got sacked almost two years ago, mate, and it's the first time I've mentioned the word ten in that whole time as well. We had some serious expletives afterwards. Uh, all fantastic. Yeah, we wish you all the best for the coverage and. Uh, uh, I'm sure it'll be uh, as professional as it gets and a lot of fun as well. Yeah, and I'm available for any thanks, Maguire. Mate. Any I'm available for any Maguire media work over here in Perth as well. Ed, thanks <laughs> very much problem, for your time, Ed. Good on Not your legend. Not a problem. <laughs> Not a problem, buddy. <laughs> Eddie Maguire from the Ten Network. Oh, he's uh, he's amazing. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's not many people that have shaped my life more than than Ed. One hundred percent. I'll always be forever grateful. One hundred percent. I've said that a thousand times. He is one of the all-time good people and a great supporter, and has been a mentor for me for a long time and I don't care what anyone says. He and Hutchie are the hard workers of the world and hard mm. work breeds success and good people. So what I do, Eddie Maguire and the 10 Network, it all starts on Saturday. Looking forward to it. Free to wear racing. It's going to be a beauty. It starts Derby Day. This is Scotty and Goss. First session in Nicaragua done on this little baseball pitch in the jungle. Pretty um, happy with how the session went. I'll be back here again later in the week. So the West Coast Eagles are doing their pre-season over there at MRP. Nick, Nat and all the boys. Oh, jumped in early, the boys. Yeah, they are. Churning out the hard yards. Good on them. No. And um, that'll be police uh, corn. And uh, we saw there and we heard there Nat Fife over there in Nicaragua doing his training. Yeah, incredible commitment to the Fremantle Football Club there by the, the skipper. Yeah. Terrific. Really... <laughs> <laughs> well, he's walking through a paddock. There's one bull. I don't see anything. Is that high altitude training? Um, what do we learn on today's show? Uh, <laughs> I learned that you've lost your wallet, and you know what? And when you get asked the question, where did you lose it? <laughs> uh, it's the most stupid question anyone could ever yeah, we'll ask. that today. Yeah, I think it was special, K. No, it was you. Um, but was, I walked you and said, sorry, guys. Have you checked your pockets? A bit upset. That's up there. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you lose it? I had it? someone else for you. I know I had someone else for you when I learned today, and I've forgotten. <laughs> Goss Lotto. Hey, mate, enjoy Melbourne. I'll be serious. Uh, enjoy Melbourne. I'm very jealous of you. It is wait, a great week. Enjoy yeah. there. I hope looking the weather. A, looking for a spell. Yeah. Is that a plane crashing? Uh, <laughs> I've learned that. Are you on a little plane on the way to Esperance? Yes, I am. Very little, and I'm not happy about yeah. it. Uh, Durson has been scratched. That's all you learned. Brendan yeah. Harlan, Mike Ryan, uh, Scotty Mully, Daryl Monty, Xavier Daryl, oh, Roy man. Westy, Nick David, Lisa Paul, Todd Sam, Nigel Dominic, Larry Brian, Peter Cole, <laughs> and Kelvin. We're going to be rich. Have a great day. Brad Shepherd in the chair tomorrow. Your beauty.